0: Hey everybody, Will Houck here with the Roots, Rednecks, and Radicals radio show and podcast. And I have a fantastic interview lined up for you today. Trampled by Turtles is on the show. They have a new album out. Sounds incredible. It was recorded with Jeff Tweedy from Wilco. And uh, we had a fantastic conversation about that. Uh, But before we get to that, I just want to remind you to give me a follow on Instagram and Facebook if you haven't done that yet. Head over to uh, Instagram and uh, um, uh, you know follow the show. I want to keep you updated on what's going on, who I'm interviewing. I got some new series that are going to be coming out here pretty soon. Uh, some new old series I wanted to work on and uh, and, and get published. And um, yeah, it's just a great way to keep in touch. Also, um, if you have any questions or um, uh, interview ideas or show ideas, things like that, um, shoot me an email: willhauk at gmail.com. Pretty straightforward. And I'd love to hear from you guys. And also, wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Apple or if it's on Spotify or whatever the case may be, uh, make sure you like and subscribe to the show. Hit the follow, the heart, the whatever, you know, every platform's got a little different thing. But honestly, it just really helps the show to get um, uh, 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 subscriptions and likes and stuff like that and helps me continue to bring great content to you. So there you go. Well, uh, let's get to Trampled by Turtles. Trampled by Turtles have been making music together for nearly 20 years. In that time, they've released albums and toured the world. The group formed in Minnesota and over the years have blended captivating lyricism with string band instrumentation. The combination leaves the listener pondering life's big questions with a sense of hope and longing. Their new album, recorded with Jeff Tweedy of Wilco, afforded the group the opportunity to collaborate and explore new sonic territory. I had a chance to chat with the bass player, Tim Saxhawk, about the new record. I hope you dig it. Cool, cool. All right. Well, the, fir- the, the, uh, the, the new album is called Glow, and uh, was recorded with Jeff Tweedy. And um, I'm a huge fan of Jeff and, and, and uh, the music of Wilco and all the stuff they made. Um, I'm just uh, interested in that, that process of what it was like to record with him and um, be with him in the studio. Um, well,
1: uh, well, it was a positive experience. <laughs> That's what that it's kind of like. Where do you start there? Well, I guess you know you start with just walking in the room, and you know it's just you know a bunch of us were fans and stuff like that. Um, I was concerned that I might have issues with that. Uh, turns out no. It's like when you're there to work, like it's just like oh there he is. We're time time to work, and you know within the like the first song. He had his chair out in our circle with us, uh, with his guitar, you know, helping us playing through with arrangements. Um, yeah, he was very hands-on in that way. Um, yeah, he, he was very good about um, having it be partly creating a vibe um, and then the other part of it, yeah, getting involved with the arrangement process. And with both, um, we were always really comfortable And I think it led to some stuff that wouldn't have happened had we been left to our own devices.
0: Yeah. So, so you actually sat in the room and got in a circle with you guys and and was listening to the songs and giving you feedback as you went.
1: Yeah. And you know, even the loft isn't like, um, like this enclosed studio space, you know, it's a big room and you're divided from the control room by a bookshelf. So even if he wasn't in the circle, he was on a couch on the other side of that bookshelf, uh, Just kind of not yelling out stuff. Well, I guess you have to yell a little for us to hear with our headphones on. But, um, yeah, it was great to have him in those spots, yeah.
0: That's fantastic. Well, I, I love the name uh, Alpenglow for the, uh, the the new album, and um, uh, I don't know. I just feel like the band has like a connection to the outdoors, and and your your fans uh, tend to be you know uh, outdoorsy types and whatnot. And um, and I, I just thought that was just an interesting title for um uh, for for the record. I was wondering if you could um, kind of talk about uh, where that came from and why you picked that that name.
1: Uh, that came from our banjo player Dave, uh, who lives in Steamboat, Colorado, and so. Help and glow, you know, is this phenomenon in the mountains, like just after sunset or something, when it's just this perfect, you know, glow beyond the mountains, and um, yeah, and and it ended up actually, I think the artwork was already being created that kind of fit with it, so it was a pretty easy, easy pretty easy choice, and plus now everybody that's our fan that didn't know that word gets to maybe learn what it means
0: <laughs> i didn't know I didn't that know word it meant. me neither yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i looked it up um but i've experienced it and and i love it um when i right. when, when i looked it up i was like oh there's a name for that like i'm always when you wake up in the morning or when the sun goes down, i guess it could be either one uh dusk yeah. or dawn um but um yeah that, that's beautiful so i live in the, in the sierra nevadas um so um very similar wow. uh, to where he's from uh, but yeah that, that that phenomenon is amazing
1: yeah i agree
0: cool well um yeah you mentioned um uh the 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 loft a little bit um but um, that is uh, if people don't know that's the the place where wilco um uh, writes and records most of their stuff and so there's um that room just has a lot of history in it and um uh you mentioned just a little bit about being a big space but um uh and i've seen pictures of it but i'm not really sure um, beyond that what it looks like it's just it's just a a big space and the the control room isn't even separate it's just like just a big open area
1: yeah pretty much i mean yeah, everything, even the kind of... There's, like, a couch with a TV in front of it. But, I mean, basically, all their instruments are out, and, like, everybody's worlds are kind of set up, you know? Like, I just sat in John Stratt's bass world the whole time. Um, but, basically, yeah, it's all their stuff just strewn about, big open area, lots of shelves and stuff. Like, I think Dave used a different guitar on every, on every song just because there were... They were just kind of sitting out there to play with. So
0: yeah, yeah. All the pictures I've seen is just like amps and like pedals and guitars, and it, it just looks like a, a playground for musicians. Yeah, if
1: you're a gearhead, it's it's a fantasy land. for
0: sure. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, when, when you when you play, do you um uh, uh are you mainly playing like the acoustic bass? Do you do much stand up bass? Uh, what what do you normally do like when you're recording no, versus playing live?
1: I don't really do stand up bass, and usually I usually use my acoustic bass guitar um, it's a martin and this time though it was different um, because I was in Wilco land where there was a lot of basses like he actually made a suggestion on the first it's just like this little Dan electro short scale bass with flat wounds and foam on the on the bridge that like gave it a real string bassy sound so there's two songs on the album that have that. I believe they're on the highway and central hillside blues, but that one, you also couldn't hit the strings too hard or it would crack. So I kind of got away from that after those two songs. And most of the album is using a Fender P bass with that same setup of flat wound strings with foam. And so, so it gives it that more countryish feel. I think like you can hear the distinguished, like this did, Distinction best on uh, "All the Good Times Are Gone," which is probably the most countryish-sounding song on there. I believe the only song I use my acoustic bass guitar on was "It's So Hard to Hold On."
0: Huh, that's interesting. Which I
1: do think has the fattest bass sound of them all, but I really like the tones of the other ones.
0: Right, right. When you, when you play live or when you record, are you pretty much plug in direct. In um, do, you, do you play with an amp, or are you just going direct most of the time? <laughs>
1: Uh, I'm just going direct now. Um, we used to do a thing when we got our in-ears uh, where we'd have a amp on stage, you know, so you could kind of feel it, and maybe the uh, front of house might have a little more to work with. But for them, it simplifies it more, and of course, there's amp plugins now for front of house guys. And we have pretty good in-ears at this point, so you really do get that bass, and you can feel it as if there was an amp. And if there's good subs at the stage, then, you know, you won't have that issue. So, uh, but yeah, I am just a direct box and a tuner. That's all I use. Wow.
0: That's that's super simple. I like that. Yeah. I was thinking about that when I, I was in the uh, the photo pit for Billy Strings at the last, um, uh, well, for a bunch of people um, um, at the last Winter Wondergrass. And uh, I was standing next to the sub and, um, the you know, for like the main sub. And then the um, his bass player had, a, had a, a big amp as well, a big bass amp, but he's playing upright. And there was just so much bass. It was like in- incredible. Then I've seen other string bands not use amps. And I don't know, it just, I, I kind of come from more of the, the rock world so it's just interesting how 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 string bands are figuring this out when it comes to like big stages and and filling rooms and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. And for us, since we kind of we're the same way, we gravitate more towards rock music. Like when we were coming up playing in clubs with amps, like it was loud, like and it was going to kill our ears eventually. Plus, you know, you can only hear as well as the person next to you needs their amp to be. Um, So in-ear has kind of changed our world like as far as that goes so you can get that same feeling but uh get the clarity and not feel like we're destroying our ears as much
0: yeah yeah i hear that all right that's the 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 geek out gear part of the interview right there so (laughs) thanks for that that's pretty much
1: all i can talk about like yeah uh, somebody asked me what kind of pickup i had my bass the other day i'm like i don't know
0: (laughs) (laughs) no idea (laughs) that's funny all right well um i'd love to uh, also hear about the um the, the songwriting process of the band um uh, does dave mostly bring the songs uh, in finished form or do you guys um work them out as as you uh, record how does that whole process work for you guys
1: um it's typically he brings us uh, his songs um sometimes he has arrangement ideas sometimes he doesn't but i mean that's kind of our function um you know he brings a song and we arrange it. Like, that's how it goes. Um, of course, in this this time, when we had Jeff, who was much more hands on, um, you know, making like arrangement suggestions. Uh, for instance, the song Burlesque Desert Window has a tag of lyrics already used earlier in the song, you know, and like it goes, as I wipe the tears, as I wipe the tears right off the wall. Like, it, we were just going to end with, like, some sort of straight, you know, right after the last chorus, because that's what we usually do. Mm-hmm. And, and realizing after we did it, it's like, oh, that's like a Wilco ending. We just put that on there. <laughs> um, so, so whereas where we would usually, you know, come to our arrangement Um, having the producer in there actually making the suggestions made it different. Um, Because basically the way we write songs, the best example of that is our previous album, Life is Good on the Open Road. Because that's the only album in a while where it was just us, self-produced, like it's pretty much the most Trampled by Turtles album you can have. Whereas, and this one would have sounded just like that, had it not had Jeff's influence,
0: right, right, yeah, that's that, yeah, that's and that's a contribution of a producer there too. You know, like that's why you bring guys like that in, right, to get that that perspective on songs and add a little yeah. bit of something to it. Yeah, that's cool. No,
1: it's uh, yeah, it's it's proven to be quite valuable for us, especially you know when you're like twenty years old as a band, you get into some habits musically and especially if you're instrumentally limited, like we are, uh, no drums or anything like that, Uh, having a new voice in there to push you in some different directions uh, can, can really help you come to a new spot, which is a pleasant surprise after this much time.
0: Yeah. For sure. For sure. Well, I wanted to ask about a couple of the songs and, um, uh, since, you know, you didn't write them, if you, if you don't know exactly what he, he had in mind when he was writing them, that's fine. Um, yeah. I just love to hear your perspective on the lyrics as well. But, um, there, a number of these songs, they, the, the lyrics just were, um, blowing me away, uh, listening to it. But the, um, the, the, first song I wanted to talk about was it's so hard to hold on. And, um, that song is just so gorgeous and kind of feels like it's it's kind of processing things like grief and and kind of heavy things like that the line uh man it crawls it crawls when you're in it it just kind of builds and repeats and um and it's just really really moving and um i'd love if you could um, talk about the that song and, and and that 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 part of the song as well
1: I don't, you know, I guess I don't really like to think of them as interpretations. Personally, I have an attitude that I don't care what the songwriter intended, you know. Like, I kind of think, you know, if they, you know, wanted people to know more than just the expression, they would write in a essay. <laughs> or, you know, when it's a song, that's the expression, and you take from it what you want. So, that being said, for me there's a lot of the way I think about it's so hard is informed by COVID and like me in particular, I live alone with just my dog. And so the two years or one and a half years leading up to recording this album, um, you know, when it it crawls, when you're in it, you know, it's like, um, yeah, it's just, it's, It's a way of kind of processing just the general, yeah, I guess there's grief involved, um, but despair when, you know, something seems like it's never going to change and it's never going to end. But there's also a hopefulness in there at the same time, you know, you've got to hold on, but it's really hard to, you know, that type of thing. Um, Yeah, I think that's what I take from it.
0: Yeah. That's good. That's good. When, when I heard it, too, um, and I was processing the line, I thought about some you know personal situations I've had. But then I also thought that's what makes such a great song and such a good um, line in a song is that like I know other people are going to have their own thing that they connect to that, you know, and uh, yeah. I, just, I love when music does that. You know, you can kind of tell that like other people are going to connect with it in these various ways.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I think that's, you know, it's kind of pretentious, but I guess. When you think of art this way art is pretentious but yeah it's like that's the beauty of art is that it can be take one person's expression can be seen in so many different ways and people can find meaning in it in a lot of different ways
0: absolutely well another song on there uh, a lifetime defined um uh, has this line uh, it takes a lifetime to find the life, that, the life You Had In Mind which is kind of a tongue twister but um, uh, again I had to kind of pause and, and just uh, process that one um, and it just kind of floored me when I first heard it but yeah I'd love if you could talk about that song as well It takes a
1: life Time to find A life
0: like the life You had in mind Now you're mine
1: Oh dead confess i should have known what to expect but you're so hard to accept yeah okay well that's a jeff tweedy song okay uh, yeah so he we knew ahead of time he might pitch us a song um and in fact uh they wilco put out an album called cruel country that just came out and they ended up putting that song on there as well oh okay gotcha um so and you'll hear the lyrical difference um like it it the way jeff had it written was like oh jeff oh jeff like he's talking to himself (laughs) and that got changed to yes 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 you know something like that right um so and, and to me you know it's this person having a conversation with death you know um without it seems like without fear of it um maybe with surprise you know it's like Death, oh, death, I was just getting dressed. Um, it, it, and that's an interesting one because I think with all those constant, you know, over and over rhymes, you can hear the difference between Jeff's lyricism and Dave's. Like, I don't think Dave, you know, necessarily writes songs like that. So it's interesting to hear him do that. But for me, that chorus, you know, a lifetime to, to find a life like the life you had in mind is just about how it's a journey. And how it's a never-ending journey, you know. Um, There's no moment in life where, um, you know, you get to the finish line. It just is what it is, and then it ends. Um, You know, there's no ultimate goal or meaning you're necessarily going to get to.
0: Right, right.
1: You just kind of create it along the way.
0: That's funny you mentioned that that first line too because that one stood out to me too and and it kind of reminded me of um uh um uh, I, I I deal with anxiety and I know a lot of people struggle with anxiety and um, um it'll just sort of like sneak up on you like that line just kind of reminded me of like anxiety like oh death oh, oh you're here again like <laughs> let's process some existential things together I was just getting dressed but sure let's right. let's have an existential breakdown this morning you know like <laughs> that kind of a thing yeah not to geek out on you too
1: much. But do you know what the Sandman is by Neil Gaiman? No. There's a whole well it's a Netflix series now but there's a whole okay. episode about death going around to these people and being this comforting, you know, thing that talks to them and you know it's like now it's time to go. And some of these people, you know, it's they're surprised but they accept it and it it, it kind of makes me think of that song as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the show the, the show's called Sandman.
1: Yeah, the Sandman. The Sandman. It, it was a graphic novel from the '90s. Okay. Um, it's my favorite work of art ever. We don't need to keep okay. going on it. I highly recommend.
0: It. Yeah. Okay. No, that sounds really good. Um, but yeah, and then the the um, uh, the the other line too that takes a lifetime to find. That whole line. Um, it was just interesting to yeah, me how you can almost like look at it from like a positive or a negative um, perspective. Like, um, like it, it is kind of so difficult to, to, to create the life that you want to have. And then by the time you create it, you're already getting kind of old, you know, and, and you kind of yeah. struggle with that. But then also it's kind of almost like reflecting on your loved ones and like feeling joy and happiness that like, it, it took you a while to get here, but you created it, you know, and you've like, you've, you've done your thing or whatever, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. I didn't realize that was a Wilco um, uh, song. I, I, I've listened to that that album, but there's so many songs on it, I haven't had a chance to dig through it yet.
1: Yeah, no, it, it was interesting. Like, I think we thought we were going to be the first to release it, and then we got a heads up from them. It's like, hey, we're putting it on our <laughs> album as well, too. And so it'd be jokingly like being like, he stole his song.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jeff stole his own song from us.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's not our song, so why should we care? You know? <laughs> it's it's an honor just to have it on there and and honestly like uh it, it it's i think it was really fun for everybody involved in like for him to hear another band uh interpret a song that like he hadn't really fleshed out yet um and i think it's fun to listen to them together cuz you know i think like harmonically you know they're very similar but instrumentally you can hear how we're different and things like that so um, it's, it's, it's cool to have them both out
0: there For sure, that's cool stuff Well the last song on the album is The Party's Over and uh, I just feel like It's this great bookend uh, to the album And as far as sequencing goes It, it, it kind of opens and builds and closes uh, Kind of oh. the same way that it, that it opened up um, A similar vibe to the to the two songs And um, Yeah, I just really love that song too And I was wondering if you could uh, uh, give us a little perspective On that one Inside it's pouring But outside it's fine the sweet breath of chicory In your library prairie garden you we were drunk
1: on each other In Croatian wine The music remembers Intelligent forces Yeah, you know that one, it's, um Yeah, when I listen to the lyrics of that and, um Eric Berry, our mandolin player, and I were when we go back to our Airbnb at night. We, you know, listen to what we did that day and stuff like that. Lyrically, there are a number of those that um, seem to be love letters to his, you know, current family, which is a mixed thing. You know, he has his two kids with his new partner and her kid, um, and it seems like. Um, a lot of the a lot of the lyrics are kind of like a love letter to that and so that's how i think of that one and and really for us um if you listen to some other albums there's at least two where we close with a kind of reflective waltz like that um, i think it's a really nice way to close out an album
0: absolutely yeah, yeah, it definitely was, and it it felt like uh, it could be a show closer too, just kind of the way it felt, you know.
1: Yeah, and you know that's what we would end up doing with those other songs. You know, they're always they're good album closers, good show closers as well, because we're we do for the most part we we like to we like to leave it on a low note sometimes when we can. You know, a lot of people like to go out to like a coding or something like that, but. Sometimes we like to drop the tear jerker on them and be like, "See ya."
0: <laughs> Good luck getting home. when you crying? <laughs> mm-hmm. No, I, I like that as a fan. It kind of um, it, it kind of gives a nice like like flow to the end of the set, you know. And and there's an emotionality to uh, to being at a show, um, and and the, you know the band kind of blurs you along with it. And I kind of like the 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 yeah. ch- the chill ending for sure. Absolutely. That's cool. Well, the album's coming out at least from 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 today when we're recording this in about a week and a half, and um, uh, you guys are gonna be um, uh, touring in support of it and all that kind of stuff. I was just kind of interested on um, uh, future projects you got coming up, um, uh, tours, and if you're working on new stuff or um, if you're just gonna focus on on this thing. What what's going on with the band?
1: Yeah, so it, it's been a really long long rollout with this album. We I think we start release the first song in May, you know, and, and we recorded it last November. So here we are almost a year later, it's coming out. And we're just now going to get to play the bulk of those live. Um, So we're going to have a lot of fun in November, December. I mean, pretty much through next summer, playing those songs live. I do know Dave does have songs in the tube, uh, you know, ready to go. Um, uh, So we can record when we're ready. Um, But I think we'll give this one, you know, at least a year to be out before we even start to work on something else.
0: Right. For sure. Give the fans a yeah. chance to process it and all that.
1: For sure. For That's sure. That's
0: good. All right. Well, if people want to know more about you guys, find you online by merch and, and stuff like that. What's the best place to look for you on the internet?
1: Oh, you know, um, our regular website is, you know, the old fashioned trampled by com, Um, and I'd say that like our Instagram or Facebook is best, but, you know, I'm not really sure what our Twitter is. I don't know. I don't know how great Twitter is for <laughs> music as much as the other two, but right. yeah, the usual spots.
0: Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, man. Well, I appreciate you connecting with me and chatting about the album. I think it sounds amazing and I'm looking forward to you guys going to be playing Winter Wondergrass uh, uh, next April here in in in, um, in Tahoe. So I'm um, really stoked to see you guys for that. And um, yeah, just excited for, for you guys putting out a new album. Thanks to Tim for chatting with me about the record. Check them out online. And while you're at it, like and subscribe to my nice show. It really does help. Until next time, everybody, have a good one.